Welcome to Funding Quest, where our quest is to help you find the best funding for your business. I'm your host, Byron Allen, and today I'm joined by Chris Call. Chris is a Senior Vice President at First Fidelity Bank with nearly 20 years experience as a commercial banker. In this first part of a two-part series, Chris will explain what conventional bank loans are and what SBA loans are, what their differences are, and what situations make one more appropriate than the other. And finally, Chris will share situations where a bridge loan is appropriate to help a business owner acquire a property even if they're not yet able to qualify for a conventional or SBA loan. Today we're excited to have with us Chris Call, Senior Vice President of Commercial Lending at First Fidelity Bank. I'm excited to have Chris on and I invited him in as a guest because Chris has an excellent reputation in the industry. He's been doing commercial banking for over 20 years and has an amazing ability to understand the, the different types of commercial lending that there are and he's going to share with us the pros and cons of those and what situations those are most appropriate, each one of them. So when we're done with this, I believe you'll, you'll be able to walk away with a really good fundamental understanding of the different options of loans that banks provide. Mm -hmm. So Chris, would you give us a short background of your sure. professional experience? Sure, absolutely. So uh, like you mentioned, I've been in banking for almost 20 years now. Um, I actually graduated college in 2003 with a degree in finance, and then I kind of fell into banking from there. I don't, I don't know a lot of people that grow up thinking, when I grow up, I want to be a commercial lender, but there's plenty of us out there that actually fall into that, that industry and that occupation. So I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Um, I started my career up in Salt Lake City, working for a bank called Zions Bank. I was in the national real estate group, so we were a very, very specialized group that focused on uh, commercial real estate only, whether it was owner, occupied, or investor. And we had a particular focus or emphasis on SBA 504 lending. So I spent the first almost 10 years of my career in an environment where I was um, very, very focused and specialized in a very specific type of lending. I did a lot of loans there. I had a lot of exposure to a lot of different situations, and it was a great experience. Uh, in 2012, I actually uh, moved my family down here to Arizona. I went to work for Alliance Bank of Arizona. Worked there for seven years, had a great experience there. Got exposed to a lot of different types of lending that I hadn't been previously. And then about three years ago, I made the move to First Fidelity Bank. And it's been a great move and it's been, allowed me to continue to advance and to grow my career. In my almost 20 year career, I have done, at best count, I have done over a billion dollars worth of loans to small business owners and real estate investors. So I've got a lot of experience. I've seen it all. I do have a particular emphasis still in owner-occupied real estate and investment real estate. Um, and I think this interview might focus quite a bit on those uh, different loan programs. But um, in general, those are just a couple of the different loan programs that are available to business owners out in the market. Excellent. So speaking of the different loan programs, I've heard the term often conventional loans and SBA loans. And and bank loans. Will you kind of help explain what those terms mean and maybe what the key differences are? Sure, absolutely. So a conventional loan is mostly just referring to an internal bank loan. Whatever the bank has decided its lending parameters are without involvement of other outside entities, that would be considered a conventional loan. So the bank makes their own uh, policies, their own lending requirements, and it's all handled in-house. 
if, you, if you're bringing in the SBA, so it's an SBA loan at that point, um, you're introducing another entity into the lending process. You're introducing the U.S. Small Business Administration. So basically you're adding the federal government into the lending process. And so the, the banks and the lenders have to follow the SBA rules. And they're very specific, they're very detailed, and there's not a lot, there, there's not a lot of flexibility. The SBA is the government. They're not known for their flexibility, but they are very powerful lending tools and programs for borrowers um, that need that extra security to help get the financing that they need. So when you hear those differences, that's really what it is. A conventional loan is more in-house with the bank versus the SBA side are loan programs developed by the SBAs that the banks can utilize to help small business owners specifically to uh, get the financing they need to continue to grow. And the SBA's um, focus or their, their real mandate primarily is to grow jobs. And so that's, they're looking through their lending programs through that lens, job growth, job creation. That's really what they're trying to achieve. They have other po policy goals they're trying to meet, but that's their, their primary one. Interesting. And to clarify, the SBA loans, it's really not a government loan. It's a government-insured loan that the bank is still making, right? Correct. Yeah, the SBA doesn't actually lend any money. They have a couple different loan programs that they use to entice banks to make loans to borrowers that they might not otherwise be able to make. The SBA themselves never actually lends any money. They build the program and they monitor the program, but but their, their month funds are not used. It's the bank funds or investor funds that get used to do SBA loans. Excellent. So comparing those two, what would be some situations where one would be more appropriate than the other and maybe pros and sure. cons? Sure. So let's, let's, let's tackle conventional loans first. When might a conventional loan be more appropriate for a business owner than an SBA loan? The, the very first one, the very biggest one would be if they don't qualify for SBA financing. You know, the SBA has very specific guidelines and regulations that you have to meet to qualify. For example, if you're a business owner and you're buying a building for your business, but your business is only going to occupy a small portion of that building, say 25% of the space, then you would not qualify for SBA financing. The SBA has a very strict occupancy requirement that's 51% uh, of the space or sometimes higher. You know, maybe the industry that you're in doesn't qualify for SBA financing. For example, if you're, a, if you're in the lending industry or if you're running a nonprofit organization or if you're in the gambling space, for example, there's certain industries that are not SBA eligible by design. Some other reasons why you might want to go conventional versus SBA is if you, uh, I mean, SBA loans are known for being a little more cumbersome. There's more steps you have to go through. There's additional forms you have to fill out. There's additional hoops you have to jump through. There is some red tape involved. So a lot of people, they just don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with the SBA component of it. They don't want to have the government involved in their loan. Also, there's a timing aspect. SBA loans do add some time and some complexity. So if you have are working with a tighter timeline, it may be a situation where a conventional loan might make more sense. Um, SBA loans also tend to be more fee-heavy. So if, if you're in a situation where you don't need that SBA financing, it may make sense to go conventional in, in that situation to, to save on the overall loan costs and fees. Also, be it maybe a situation where you're, you've used up all your SBA eligibility. You know, SBA mm -hmm. has a limit to how much finance you can get through their programs. If you've reached that point, then you can no longer receive SBA financing unless you pay some of the other loans off in one way or another, restructure the debt or, or, or pay the loans off. Now, a situation where it might make sense to go SBA, and the SBA's biggest advantage is the uh, down payment requirement. 
you can you can receive up to 90% financing through the SBA loan programs and sometimes even higher. So if you are a business owner who is who has limited capital, you're trying to conserve capital to continue to fund your growth, that's really what the SBA loan programs are known for. That is where you're going to have the biggest advantage. Also, you may be in a situation where your business doesn't qualify for conventional financing. A conventional loan may have higher credit standards that they have to hit to be able to qualify for that type of a loan. Uh, that's why the SBA programs are there, is to give banks an avenue to provide financing for small business owners who wouldn't otherwise qualify. Maybe you've got a startup business, for example, or a business that's experiencing rapid growth. We already talked about the down payment requirement. You need to conserve capital within the business and on your balance sheet to continue to grow. Maybe your balance sheet it does, isn't really deep, doesn't have a lot of net worth, net worth built into it yet, or a lot of working capital. Situations like that are when an SBA loan is going to be most appropriate. But the, the biggest one, the biggest reason why, or the biggest time an SBA loan is going to be most appropriate is because you want to limit your down payment. You need to conserve your capital so you can continue to grow your company. Fantastic. So the next question I've got is talking about SBA loans specifically. My understanding is there are basically two types of SBA loans. Mm -hmm. And would you mind talking about that and contrasting the two? Sure. Yeah, so there's two basic types of SBA loans. There's an S, what's called an SBA 7A loan and SBA 504. Um, and there are some other varieties of SBA loans that we're not really going to go into, but at, at a high level, SBA 7A, SBA 504. Um, an SBA 7A loan is structured as a single loan made by a bank, and then the government guarantees 75% of that loan amount. Uh, and the loan can still be used up to 90% financing, but it is, again, it is a single loan made by the bank and guaranteed by the SBA. And it can be used for a wide variety of purposes. You, we're talking mostly about real estate in this interview, but you can use it for other uh, purposes as well. You can use it for business acquisition. You can use it for working capital, for equipment acquisition. There's a, a lot more broad use that you can use an SBA 7A for, versus the 504 program is more specific for real estate acquisition, uh, owner-occupied real estate. And there is some ways to use it for equipment as well, either as part of a real estate transaction or separately, but really it's mostly for real estate. So it's a lot more specialized use. In that loan program, you can still get up to 90% financing, but there are actually two separate loans. So the way that, loan, that program is structured, the bank will do a loan at 50% of the project costs, then the SBA will facilitate a loan at 40% of the project cost, so combined you're at 90% and you have your 10% down payment. So ultimately you end up with two separate loans. And the way that actually works, the SBA starts their funding process after you've already either bought the building you're going to be occupying or you've finished construction on the building. So that means that the bank has to provide 90% financing up until that point, until the SBA funds. It happens after acquisition or after completion of construction. So it's a, it's a little different structure. Ultimately, at the end of the program, you end up with three different loans over time, but only two loans at any given time. So that's kind of the difference between the two loan programs, SBA 504 versus 7A. So what are some situations where it might more, make more sense to use one loan program versus another in the SBA realm? Um, with the SBA 504 loan program, your overall loan fees are going to be a little bit lower. So that's one of the big advantages to SBA 504. Um, you can also do larger projects. It, the SBA has a $5 million eligibility limit. So if you're doing a SBA 504 loan, that's based on the SBA piece of the financing. So you can actually do a 10 or a $12 million project with an SBA 504 loan versus a 7A loan, you're going to be looking at a lot smaller project. The SBA 504 loan also does not require additional collateral. One of the big disadvantages to the 7A loan program 
is they tend, in, in a lot of cases, maybe most cases, they're going to put a lien on personal real estate. Uh, they, a lot of times they'll file UCC filings against the business assets tied to the loan. They're going to introduce additional collateral onto the loan that you don't have with the SBA 504. The advantage to a 7A loan or where you might, might be more appropriate than a 504, there tends to be a higher risk tolerance for SBA 7A loans. There's more prepayment flexibility. With an SBA 7A loan, you have a three-year prepayment penalty, and there is the ability to make extra principal payments. On an SBA 504 loan, on the SBA piece of the financing, the 40% piece the SBA does, there's a 10-year prepayment penalty, and there's no prepayment flexibility at all. On that loan, you either make the minimum payment or you pay the whole loan off. There's nothing in the middle. On the bank piece of the financing, there is some flexibility, but on the SBA piece, there's very, very little flexibility on a 504 loan. 7A loans tend to be a little bit faster to get done. Um, in a lot of cases, the banks can actually make the lending decision for the SBA. The SBA doesn't actually have to approve the loan up front. The bank can determine if it meets SBA requirements. So 7A loans, the approval process does tend to be a little bit faster. And like we talked about before, there are additional uses that you have with an SBA 7A loan that doesn't apply to 504, for example, working capital. You can even blend a working capital with a real estate loan. You can blend things together. There's just more flexibility of uses with a 7A than, we, than you have with a 504. But in my opinion, um, if you are buying real estate for your business and you intend to be in that building for you know, longer than just a few years, you know, in almost any case, it makes more sense, in my opinion, to go th with the SBA 504 loan. It's a better loan program, in my opinion, for a business owner that is looking to acquire uh, commercial real estate for their business. Again, assuming they're going to be in there for more than a few years. So let me ask you about that. More than a few years, yet there's a 10-year, and it, it's kind of a lockout period where it's, if you prepay it, if you pay it off early because you sell your business, your building, for example, mm -hmm. you want to upgrade to a bigger building. Yeah. Is that an option or do you have to pay seven years worth of interest? No, no, no. You can prepay the loan. You just can't pay, make extra principal payments on the loan. So you either make the minimum payment or you pay the whole loan off. If you re, you can refinance it, you can sell the, the asset. Without a penalty? No, you, you will have a penalty. There is a okay. prepayment penalty, but it doesn't lock you out from doing it. The loan doesn't exist beyond the, the life of the asset in your possession, if that makes sense. Right. So you, okay. you, there's just, you just lose the flexibility to make extra principal payments on the loan. And the prepayment penalty is a 10-year penalty. You do have to pay that penalty if you pay the loan off early. And is it, tip, is it like a sliding scale mm -hmm. each year? It's, it's a declining balance. Okay. It's the first year is based on some function of the interest rate, and it goes down 10% a year for 10 years until it's gone. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Well, I think that's, I, I'll, I'll tell you, Chris, you just shared more. I've, I've got follow-up questions on several things that you actually <laughs> mentioned that I didn't know about. So that was very insightful for me to understand more about the 7As and 504s than, than I knew before. So thank you. So the next question I wanted to make sure to ask you is, from your experience, how does a small business owner go about picking which lender? Like you've worked at three different banks, mm -hmm. and earlier when we were talking, you were explaining how each bank has its own unique kind of risk appetite and properties or loans, the, the types that, that they like. And, sure. and so I could see that the same business owner could go to three different banks and get three different experiences. Mm -hmm. So what should they be looking for in picking which bank to work with, which, which banker to work with? Mm -hmm. well, I think that the last thing you said there is important to focus on. Um, you, you mentioned which bank and which banker to work with. 
in my opinion, and maybe this is a biased opinion, but I think that picking the right banker is as important, if not more important, than picking the right bank. Um, you can take the same loan to the same banker or to, to different bankers at the same institution and get different experience. So I think that one thing you want to make sure that you're doing is that you making sure you're comfortable with the actual person that you're working with. Who is the banker that you're going to be working with? And you're going to be looking for someone that, uh, well, you, that ultimately you, you hope to build a partnership with that will be with you for the long haul. You want to find someone that has an appropriate level of experience for what you're trying to accomplish. And being mindful of, you know, the more experienced a banker is, the, uh, the more in demand he's going to be, and depending on what you're doing, it may be harder to get their attention. Versus if you're, you know, an, an earlier stage company, you're just looking for a little line of credit, for example, uh, maybe you don't need the person that's been in banking for 40 years. But you do want to understand what their level of experience is and how that correlates to what your needs are. You want to understand what backup and support they have within the organization. Um, you're going to want to know what their lending process is like. What are their timelines normally like to get a loan uh, to the various stages of the, the loan approval and closing process? You're going to want to make sure that you understand the bank's appetite, like you mentioned. Do they have a certain ap risk appetite for, for what you're trying to accomplish? For example, there are banks that specialize in somewhat higher risk loans you know, for like a startup enterprise or a high growth company, and other banks tend to shy away from those things. There's some banks that are more industry focused on a specific industry that other banks try to stay away from. So you want to make sure that you're, when you're, as you're interviewing banks and interviewing bankers to determine which one's most appropriate for you and be the best fit for you and your business, I would be asking questions along the lines of, here's my business, here's what we do, here's what, here's what our plans are going forward, is this a good fit within your organization, is this uh, the type of lending that you do, you know, what, what is your background, what, what is your lending process like, what kind of timelines are we going to be working within. Um, questions like that can help you really get your arms around if that's the right situation for you. Those are excellent suggestions. I think that's great advice. Thank you. So. Next question I have is how can a business owner best prepare themselves or present themselves to increase their opportunity or their the chance of them being successful in getting okay. the, the loan, right? Is there something that you've seen kind of, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen a mm -hmm. lot, and what's those best practices that sure. our audience can learn from? Well, I think that it's important to understand that commercial lending is more of an art than a science. And the lender that you are working with, you want to be your artist, and you want to give them the best tools that, that they can have to, to build their work of art, which is your loan approval, right? There's a lot of nuance that goes into the process, and there is a lot of things that a business owner can do to make themselves stand out and to appear to be more lendable, if that makes sense. So, um, for example, one thing that uh, I would recommend a business owner does as they're preparing for the lending process is educate yourself on the different loan programs. Go in there with, a, with some level of knowledge base of what it is that you want, what you think is the best fit for your company. So, you're, so you can walk in there with a recommendation to the lender, hey, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this type of a loan in this loan amount. And just knowing that, knowing what you're looking for going in will be very beneficial. Also, you want to make sure that before you submit anything to the bank that you have all your books in order, you, that your financial statements make sense, that your balance sheet balance, you know, just, just little things like that that will make your business appear more professional and will cast your business and yourself as a business owner in a positive light with the banker. If he, if he gets a loan package and it's, and it's messy and it's disorganized and you know, there's, there's obvious problems and discrepancies within the financial statement, 
and the other is going to be a perception of how that would uh, portray the business. You know, it, it's going to cast maybe a pile, pile or a shadow over the business itself. So you want to make sure your books are in order. You want to make sure that you are that you're building and presenting and giving them a complete loan package. Understand what it is they're going to be looking for up front and give that information to them. Um, if there's anything that needs to be cleaned up on the business side or on your personal side, you know, if, if there's, for example, outstanding collections on your credit, you know, just go get those taken care of and then pre be prepared with an explanation for them. And then don't hide anything from your banker and, and wait for them to find it. You know, every loan that we look at has issues somewhere. Point out what those are and then mitigate them. If there's some slow pays on your personal credit, for example, point that out. If your business is highly leveraged, point that out and explain why. I mean, you, the last thing you want to have happen is to get down the road with your lender three or four weeks and have them discover that you had a bankruptcy five years ago. That'll be a very different conversation at that point than it would be if you just brought it up right up front and explained it. So if you can be organized, if you can be thorough, you can make sure that your, that your financial statements are in order and that there's no apparent issues with anything, if you can present them with a complete package right up front, that'll make you stand out from the most of their borrowers that these lenders are working with. And the more the borrower or the business owner prepares and makes it easy for the banker, the easier it is higher oh, probably yeah. on the priority list, right? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. You, you go talk to some of the... Uh, the top-level bankers out there, they're in high demand. They get a lot of loans thrown at them every single day. So they're more likely to prioritize you and your loan if they can tell going into it that the loan package is very complete, um, it's very organized, and the borrower is aware of what's going on. They're going to be more likely to prioritize that loan versus one that's going, obviously going to be more work and is a lot more disorganized. Fantastic. Thank you. Chris provided some real nuggets in today's interview. My key takeaways include understanding the difference between a conventional bank loan and an SBA loan. What situations would cause a conventional bank loan versus an SBA loan to be the best loan for a business owner? And what the main differences are between those two primary types of SBA loans and each of their pros and cons. I hope you got some key takeaways from this interview as well. And I thank you for joining us today. I hope you learn more today about your business funding options for your small business. We look forward to the second half of this conversation next week when Chris will share his advice on what the bank loan process is and how a business owner can improve their chances of getting approved for a bank loan. Until then, we wish you success in your quest for funding your small business.